Hey, Woken Free Nation, Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling, start listening. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from sports, science, to Bitcoin, or even one of your favorite celebrities. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. And they have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries. Our podcast, Woken Free, is there too. Now, let's get into the episode. It's Natasha. And Khalil. And we are the co-hosts of Woken Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our 273rd episode of Woken Free. If you've been tuning in every week for Woken Free Wednesday, you know that Woken Free is all about being real and honest with each other and you. We talk about everything and anything important to us, you, the world, and nothing is off the table. This week, we are having a really interesting conversation around use of language and how it affects intimacy with Dr. LaShonda Green. But before we dive deep into that conversation, a couple of things to go over. First, have you gone to WokenFree.com not only to listen to this episode, but through the downloaded Podbean app, you are able to put in your comments and you definitely will have things to say on this episode. So if you haven't done that, please do that immediately. Now, if you listen to podcasts on a device where you can't put on another app like the Podbean app, then best way to support the show is to go to WokenFree.com, go in the listen tab, and then pick your platform of choice where you want to follow and subscribe to the show at. So we're on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, Subscribe to our YouTube channel, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, Samsung Podcasts, like we're everywhere. It's amazing. <laughs> so definitely lots of different areas for you to support us at. Even on WokenFree.com on the top, if you click subscribe to follow the show through the Podbean app, that would be super, super helpful. And on social, you can always holler and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, and LinkedIn at Woken Free. And then if you would like to, I don't know, spend 90 seconds reviewing the show, we wouldn't mind a couple more five-star ratings. Thank you very much. So you can rate the show and share how the show is feeding into your life by going to WokenFree.com, go on the Listen tab, and then pick your platform of choice where you're going to review the show at. Now, before we start talking with Dr. LaShonda Green, let's share a little bit about who she is. So she's a licensed clinical psychologist who has uh, specialties with a lot of different practice areas. So we will put this in the episode notes because it is just she is quite a a range of, of topics that she deals with. So anything from anxiety, depression, trauma, suicidal ideation marriage, couple and family therapy, dealing with pregnancy, prenatal and postpartum, peer relationships, adolescent issues, teen violence, parenting, self-esteem, domestic violence and abuse, bipolar disorder, substance abuse, emotional disturbance, medication management, racial identity, dual diagnosis, sexual abuse, coping coping skills, weight loss, self-harm, college and career counseling, and more. So, When we say she has quite a range of expertise, she has quite a range of expertise. And and definitely, if you want to learn more about her and her bio and her links and ways that you can get in touch with Dr. LaShonda Green, 
best way to do that is go to WokenFree.com. In this episode, you'll see more information about her and how you can get in touch with her. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Dr. LaShonda Green. But before we get into the topic at hand, what we do on our podcast is we like to share a little bit about ourselves. So we're going to ask a question that all of us will ask, and I guess you could you can go first and give an answer if you'd like. So the question this week is, would you rather name your child after a family member or someone who inspires you? Um, <clears throat> if I had to choose between those two, I would, I would choose uh, someone who inspires me. Oh, interesting. Why? Mm, well, not all family members are inspirational. <laughs> I, yes, I second that. I would say that I personally would choose uh, a person who inspires me, A, because I think sometimes with family, it, people get a little territorial. And so oh. if you choose one family member, another family member might take offense or feel slighted. And so it kind of opens Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. So I agree an inspirational figure who you're not related to is more likely to just be mutually accepted by all. (laughs) I agree. Especially if it's like not a traditional thing. It's not, it's not common. It's not a traditional thing that people in my Mm -hmm. family do. So, Mm -hmm. Okay. And Khalil. And so when I, when I think about this question, I would not choose family member either, but when I think about somebody who inspires me, I would actually go in terms of, somebody that's like easily recognizable by everybody. So I, I would go with that just because everybody would recognize the name if I used it. So, so for SEO example, purposes. <laughs> like Michael Jordan, everybody knows who that is. Nice. So if I name right. my child right. after him, it was, I would just, I'm just going on the perspective that everybody will know that name that I use, even though it's not like necessarily the most inspiring okay. person. I'm just going by who, who is likely to be known by everybody if I use that name. So Jesus comes in the close second. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, just sure. uh, just just, a, just somebody that's known the world over. That's how I would think of it. How lovely. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's time to dive into the topic now. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. When we think about the use of language, how does it affect intimacy? Well, um, it's important to understand, and it, this seems to be very sort of common sense, right? When I, I, I explain it, you'd be like, oh, yes, it, it, it makes sense. So humans are the only species who actually use language to build rapport or relationships, right? Other animals, sea creatures, animals of the wild, they don't have language, right? Mm-hmm. They're, the way that they form bonds is a lot of the times it's by modeling and sounds, right? They have ritualistic behaviors, they have sounds, but the thing that separates us from, you know, other animals is our ability to reason and ergo, that's where language comes into play. And so it is very important for humans, especially to choose their words carefully and to develop a healthy awareness around their word choices and word usages, word usage for the purpose of developing relationships. It does matter your cadence, your tonality, your vocabulary, um, your pitch, your rhythm, your rate, your speed. All of that is critically important when you're forming relationships with people because that's how we introduce ourselves that's how we build connections that's how we maintain connections that's how we receive feedback that's how we give feedback we get our needs met through 
verbal interactions. Mm. Love that. Okay. okay. And then when you take that uh, now that kind of framework, and then you kind of put a spotlight within like the black community, uh, you know, because all of us <laughs> together speaking are part of that community. What would be some things in particular um, as a doctor that maybe you've seen or things that you feel like within our community that we need to be thinking about within language choice and whether it's like intimacy between parent and child or even on a romantic level? Uh, well, research has shown comparatively when it comes to like white people, there has been a study, the last that I know of it, which indicates that people of color, black people are high context people. So we put less emphasis actually on the articulation and the word choice and the word usage and more emphasis on the context. So we are heavy on the context. We're heavy on the situation. We're heavy on the circumstance where white people are heavy verbally and less on context. So that's oh, an important wow. distinction. Mm-hmm. So I would say for us, we don't use language enough. It's not a good or bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's not right or wrong. It's just difference, right? And there's nothing wrong. Some difference does not imply inferiority or superiority. It just happens to be different. So uh, as a group of people, Black people, we tend to rely heavily on the context and not as much on um, <clears throat> verbal, on being verbal. And I think we need to improve on being verbal. Mm. Now, is that just for black people that speak English or does that count for blacks that speak other languages like Swahili or Yoruba or anything yeah. else? Or what is that? Does that that apply study to was based on Americans. Okay. Mm. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Okay. Black Americans. Mm-hmm. All right. What are yeah. language techniques to help improve people who want to have less intimacy issues? Well, being it is important to use the correct words. For instance, I'm trying to think of something off off the top of my head, but we use a lot of colloquialisms and euphemisms in Black culture, and sometimes it's helpful and sometimes it's not. Um, Sometimes you do need to speak very clearly and very concisely and almost academic, especially when it comes to hot-button topics like sex, betrayal, anything related to emotions, sensitive issues. In those instances where you're talking about hot-button topics, that can be very triggering. You want to lean on language that's more academic in nature because it's neutral. When you lean lean into conversations that are emotionally charged, and on top of that, you are leading with emotionally charged language, you are adding fuel to the fire. Mm, Interesting. And so So, how do you... Sorry, mm, go ahead. So you just want to be mindful that... You almost want to sound a little bit more kind of school-like. You want to come across as being a little academic and in nature because when it comes to having difficult conversations, it's so very easy to get distracted by someone's word choice and miss the message. Interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And so when you see kind of like improper or lack of well articulation and it creating an intimacy breakdown. I'd love for you to break that down. Like just for folks listening who may not understand. So if a person isn't spelling something out, is it that then they're going to have more likely relationships where there's a lack of trust? Or is it that like, if the person isn't 
the best at communication, then people won't relate as well. And so that's where the intimacy issues, like, mm-hmm. could you talk about like sure. where the deficiency in language and then the types of intimacy issues that can result? Right. So when there's poor communication or lack of effective communication, right, then I won't know what it is your needs are. I don't know what they are. It is not up to your partner to guess what your needs are. That's blackmail. That's manipulation. It is not, it is up to you as an adult to clearly state and articulate your needs so that the other person can meet them in order for your partner to meet your needs, whether it be more sex, more affection, more quality time, more acts of service. That is something that needs to be articulated from the person who has the need. The holder of the need bears the responsibility for communicating it. Mm, I totally agree with that. And follow up question would be, how do we start to put these healthy practices in place? Because, uh, you know, I'm sure as a doctor, you've seen people come from a myriad of different backgrounds. And, you know, I could speak to my background, which was that, you know, I grew up in a household where my mother was the traditional mom who she was working, she was going to school. So she's a very unique person, but she was very traditional in the idea that she never fully got across how her emotion, how she was feeling emotionally. And my dad assumed that she was okay and assumed that she agreed with certain behaviors or practices. And that wasn't say the case. And so that was what I saw modeled. I and Khalil knows this and Woken Free Nation knows this. I have no problem sharing how I feel. Um, but that was a behavior that I saw replicate, like uh, kind of shown to me through content, not through how I grew up. So I just, I like that perspective. And so I decided to take that on and, and mirror that in my own choices. And, and, and sometimes still it can be a little bit hard, but how do we teach, especially young people, the importance of sharing how they feel? Like you said, that like people can't be expected to know how you feel. So what are some techniques to help people train and share with their children, like the proper way to be at what effective communication really looks like and the benefit of that? Well, first things first, death to the silent treatment, right? Um, The silent treatment is uh, intimacy killer and relationship killer number one. Um, Regardless if it's a platonic or romantic relationship, sibling, parental, the silent treatment is Definitely uh, detrimental. Nothing, it, nothing effective comes from the silent treatment. That's different from going to your corner to take a deep breath. But weaponizing silence as a form of punishment is so abusive. Right. We often want to focus on people who use very aggressive and def- uh, inflammatory language, defamatory, defamatory language. I hope I said that right. Uh, offensive language because it's really clear. But the first thing you should do coming together when it you know relates to intimacy is decide not to use silence as a weapon. Mm. Being silent and withholding of being silent and shutting down is not an option. Mm. And people wow. have become masters, but take, I see it on Instagram all the time. They have my cutoff game. There's nothing <laughs> strong. There's nothing admirable about being to cut people off. That's not a strength. And people mm. who use that as a I'm strong card, I would be very uh, leery of, okay? Because that's mm. not. That's a form of cowardice. Because if you cannot sit with a partner 
who you've been intimate with or who you'd like to have a future with or who you've had this past with. If you two people can come together and reason together what, as adults about their emotion and emotions and, and, and about what ails them, that's the larger problem. But having a strong cutoff game is a sign of someone who's unhealthy. So would you argue that it is better to even in, in the midst of the anger and the emotional dismay to to even if you're at risk of saying something inappropriate, you, you feel it's better to to speak to each other as opposed to like taking time away and being quiet? Because I know like for myself, I have found that if I don't walk away, I have a terrible tendency <laughs> to say disrespectful. Well, well, see, the silent treatment I'm referring yeah. to is a, is a chronic behavior. It's a mm. chronic default way of handling conflict. Going to your separate corners when you are in intense disagreement is helpful. You need to collect your thoughts. You need to self-evaluate. You need to reflect. You need to process. That's healthy. Using silence as a way to punish your partner so that they are less than likely to bring up anything triggering to you or unsettling to you or, or something that you don't like just to control their narrative. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. So instead of saying, hey, when we have this discussion, when you engage in this behavior, I feel these feelings. So they won't do that. The silent treatment partner, the silent partner will shut down physically, intimately, uh, sexually, and they will use that silence to punish or have the other person retreat Mm. away from their feelings, away from their thought processes, away from what they want to share. Okay, so the one thing I'm thinking about is what about people that, I mean, they come on too strong with their opinions and their feelings and they kind of just get the other person even more upset. How is there a way that they can approach that in a better manner? Because sometimes they choose silence because they otherwise it's just going to be a fight and it could sometimes even get violent. So is there what would you recommend for people like that? Mm. I would recommend for people who have trouble, write it down, write down mm. points. You want to be as factual as possible. The, the reason why a lot of people argue because they are arguing perceptions. And this is a subtle difference, mm. right? Thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are three different things. And in rare occasions, uh, they are uh, one thing. But I can argue a perception, right? If you say, I think this is a, um, I think you're being irrational. Or you're being irrational. Let's just say someone told you, you're being irrational. Well, I can argue that. That's a thought. You can argue any thought because that's your opinion. That's your perception. It's not rooted in fact. You are telling me how you perceive something. Well, I can say I perceive something differently. That is an arguable instance, right? I can say, well, my perception based on my experiences and how I see the world and my upbringing and who I am as a person has caused me to develop a different perception. That makes sense, right? What is not arguable is your feeling state. If you say, I feel hurt, well, then I can't, I, that's not an arguable state. And so when people come together, they are actually arguing perceptions, but what's tied to it is their feelings, right? Yeah. So for example, someone says, you, you don't understand me, right? Uh. So the person will say, I do. That's a, that's a thought. I can clearly say, yes, I do. Mm. I do understand you. I understand you by, because I have done 
X, Y, and Z. I understand you because mm -hmm. I know that your favorite color is red. I know that you like Haagen-Dazs, peanut butter, <laughs> mint chocolate chip. And I know that when your mother calls on this day, you know, when you get that look, that means you want to hang up. I understand you. So these are perceptions, right? And perceptions are allowed to vary. They are allowed to be different. Mm. Now, what's not being said when the person says you don't understand me is I feel hurt. I feel lonely. I feel unseen. I'm mm. wounded. Now that opens up a different conversation. And that's not a space in which I can challenge you because that's a subjective experience. Well, then, okay, then let's talk about that. But I can argue a thought, and it's, it's a very, very fine line between the two. Mm. And that's where the fallout comes. You can't argue someone's feelings. I cannot argue if you are sad, hurt, you feel betrayal. Those are subjective feeling states. But if you want to argue what's outside of yourself and an objective reality, well, then, yes, that's fodder. We can disagree there. Mm. So is it preferable to argue on the objective state or do you want to go to the subjective? What should people push you, towards? You, yes, you couldn't. You can't argue someone's feelings. You can only allow mm -hmm. them to express their feelings and you can return in kind and express your feelings. But you can't correct someone's feelings. You cannot tell mm -hmm. them that they don't feel that. You cannot tell them that it's unreasonable to feel that. You can't yep. tell them that they should not feel that. You can't tell them that what they're feeling is not real. That's not for you because those feelings in exist inside of that person and you have no access to what they feel. So you have no right, no capability and you have no access. Mm. Okay. Love that. Mm. So for Woken Free Nation listening, what are some recommendations that you have that the average person, regardless of the background, white, black, anything in between um, can consume to help them work on being better communicators because in turn or in essence the better communicator someone is the the better hopefully relationships they have personally but then also professionally so i do you have any tools or mantras or content <laughs> recommendations that that could help the average person like just well, follow my I'm sorry, follow my content on, on IG at Dr. LaShonda. That's one a shameless plug. But <laughs> um, what, what I my favorite mantra that I came up with, everyone's guilty in a relationship. Innocence is a legal term. Mm. Mm. In relationships, everyone's guilty. There are no innocent. There are no innocent parties. So when people come and they're often complaining about the other person, we always start from you're both guilty of something. Mm. Mm. You have to be. Wow. Why? Because there are no perfect yeah. people. You have yeah, to be guilty of something. You, mm. you must be by default because we are all a little bit broken. Some of us more than others. But, the, <laughs> <laughs> but people are so committed to this sort of innocence and guilt. You know, we really are so mm. dug in with those terms. But innocence and guilt... That those are legal terms. Those are not actual words we use in everyday language. Mm. Guilt and innocence. So when people are, oh, well, he, no, no, you're striving for guilt and innocence and it doesn't exist. So now you're both on, on the same footing. So I would first start with in a relationship, you're both guilty. You're both guilty because you're both a little bit broken. To what degree? You need to find it out with your therapist. But I always start with the frame, you both are guilty. Um, 
of something, right? Because innocence is clearly a legal term. It's, it's not an actual thing. And write down, um, even if you have to text it, if you have to write it down or create a note in your app, when you are calm, sit and think about the points that you would like to make logically, not in the throes of being triggered because you lose your objectivity, you use your rationality, you are triggered, you're likely projecting, you're likely not open, you can't really engage in a robust perspective taking. Sit down with a pen, a paper, jot it in your app. It's called crystallization of thoughts. Mm. Brainstorm what you were thinking, Put it into, uh, put it, write it down and read it back to yourself out loud, right? Mm. Because hearing it in mm. your head, writing it down and hearing it out loud are two different experiences. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So because mm. when we rehearse these things and we have no less than about 30,000 thoughts, right? So when we're, ha- we're having all of our thoughts, a lot of our thoughts make sense to us because they're ours, Mm, But if you were to sit down um, in a quiet space and write down the key points that you would like to communicate, say them out loud and actually feel what you're feeling, Mm -hmm. you may find that, is this a point that needs to be made? Like, is this Mm, a valid point? Is this going to move the needle forward? Is this going to move the relationship forward? And then do a risk versus reward analysis. Okay, point statement by statement. What would I risk in making this statement? What, mm. How would the relationship be rewarded? Who's going to be rewarded and what would I risk? Point by point. Wow. Because per wow. everything that comes out of your mouth, you are going to lose or gain something. You're going to oh, move wow. the relationship forward and move the intimacy forward, right? Or you're mm. going to continue to widen those gaps that are already present in a relationship in terms of trust, reliability, consistency. I think yeah. the way that we attack interactional styles and communication and relationship functioning needs to be more formal. Mm. It needs to be more formal. We take for granted. We're too casual. We take it for granted, each other's feelings. Oh, well, they should know, especially because somebody's black. Just because somebody's black doesn't mean you know them. You know their history. You know, we take this, oh, they're invited <laughs> to the cookout. And that's not true all the time. Just because somebody's black doesn't mean you know them. You know their history. Mm-hmm. Take the time out to formally meet them, understand them, research them learn them, know them, engage in perspective taking. It does it's not a given that just because you're black, you're going to get me and I'm going to get you. That's not the case. Mm. Wow. Love that. Yeah. Absolutely. So based on that, it sounds like, yeah, it, that people need to be a lot more strategic and a lot more intentional and maybe listen a little bit more than doing the talking to try to understand how to come correct us to people because uh, I've never even done that. And I find myself to be an overthinker and a methodical person, but I love that recommendation of a risk and reward assessment per statement you want to address. Cause yeah, that would really shut down the garbage. Cause you know, if you're about <laughs> yes. to, you know what I mean? Like you're not, yeah. cause it's like, Oh, there's no value for this. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. Right. This, right. Cause it, because yeah. we have so many thoughts and mm. because there, there's no way that 
every one of our thoughts are valuable and it's okay because that's for every human being. So that's why it's really careful for this brainstorming exercise for you to tease through what's irrelevant and potentially detrimental because it may feel good and it may possess for you some cathartic value. Well, then you may want to work through that thought on the treadmill versus in a conversation with your significant other. So that may be a thought you may want to have. You may want to work through privately. You may want to pick up a hobby. You may want to go to the gym. (laughs) You may want to work out that thought with your therapist. But it's not all the thoughts that you have about your relationship should be brought up in your relationship. But you should, like you said, strategize. Is this... How is this going to affect the relationship? Is it going to move it forward? Am I going to create value? Am I going to create intimacy? Is it, am I going to build trust? Is this going to create more safety? Because mm. I've worked with men, and you know what I've discovered? Men mm. have such a, a higher need for safety than women do in relationships. Mm. Okay. And they, will, they, they don't articulate that. I do think it's because of a lack of self-awareness, maybe a lot of fear, but comparatively speaking between the sexes, I would say that men have a greater need for safety, hence why they're less apt to be vulnerable and open because their requirement, their bar for needing that safe space is much higher. Women are not risk averse. We'll dive right in. We're like, oh, hey, girl. And yes, I was a victim of DV two years ago. And like, we just met each other. Okay. And we we share those intimate moments. We share those. I was a victim of this. or I hurt this. We we are more comfortable. We take the risk and we take the risk to form the relationships. But men can... Do not do that. So their bar for sharing that kind of information is so much higher. And so they have a higher need to feel safe. And it sounds like, wait, that doesn't sound, but that's the way it is. They absolutely do. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely feel you on that lack of self-awareness. <laughs> we talked about that before. Yeah. And I just say, uh, I don't I don't care much of that. Pretty about much. That. I'm not going to learn <laughs> more about, about that. Life. Feelings yeah, so are non-existent for him. So. Self-awareness is so hard. I mean, you know, so when you hear a lot of men say, you know, you don't understand. I don't talk. Um, I don't talk to people. You know, I don't share much. I don't talk about my feelings. So what they're not saying is, you know, I I typically don't feel safe. Hmm. I typically don't feel safe enough to disclose what hurts me. I don't feel safe. It's hard to find safe spaces. I have very few safe spaces in my life. There are men who walk around and even women who have no safe emotional space. Mm. Wow. That's incredible. Oh, my goodness. Dr. Green, we could talk to you forever, but (laughs) (laughs) we know you have things to do. People to save and get their feelings right. Uh, <laughs> a little what, what you would ask her. Yeah, so I think, I mean, maybe you can speak to the Woken Free Nation and actually let them know how can they support you. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yes. Well, you can follow me on IG at Dr. LaShonda, D-R-L-A-S-H-O-N-D-A. Um, yes, I have a little bit of everything. I haven't selected a particular niche. So right now I'm just throwing everything at the wall and see what sticks. I I love a good process. 
I love it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, you've got to have a brand. What do you do? I, I, I don't know, but I'm in the process. I'm not mad. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at the journey. People underestimate the value of the process. You know, mm-hmm. I like to hit my head and make a good mistake. You know, there's so much learning mm-hmm. to be done. So while yeah. I don't have a particular niche, I'm learning, I'm discovering, I'm um, becoming more self-aware about a lot of different things. And that in itself is very, um, that's, that's what I value. So I'm on mm-hmm. Facebook at Dr. LaShonda Green. I'm on TikTok. I'm trying my hand at that. And it's, cool. it's new. I'm a Gen Xer. I rep being a Gen X, okay? <laughs> I didn't get my first email address to, to college. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. so we're learning, uh, we're, you know, our, my generation is still learning how to, how to do this and how to, yeah. how to make this work for us. So I'm in the throes of learning. So bear with me. I'm on Instagram. I'm trying to do my thing and make my way in the world like everybody else. I love is that it. the best way they can reach you then is through Instagram? The best way to reach me is on Instagram for sure. Yes. Okay. Dr. Shonda, yes. That's the one. I'm not savvy where I'm in and out of all these social media sites. I'm like, give me one, please. <laughs> gotcha. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll share your, I found you. I found, yeah. I saw you on Facebook too. And, and, okay. and well, I'll see your TikTok. Yeah. I'll look for your TikTok and make sure they have all your links and your website and stuff. Oh, and thank you. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of, do you have any last words of wisdom for our listeners on kind of today's topic or, you know, other type of, you know, things related to, to kind of what we, what we talked about today? Well, I do want to say that in ter- to be language is critical for healthy relationship functioning and language is important for intimacy, how we show up verbally in our lives and in our interactions with other people um, should be more strategic and intentional because words matter, how we deliver words matter uh, and the manner we choose them, it matters, right? So being better uh, self-monitors of how we show up and comport ourselves in the relationship space is something we should commit ourselves to in terms of doing it better. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Yeah. Green, for sharing your wisdom, your insight, and helping us all learn the Absolutely. art and the importance of effective communication and really how it truly impacts uh, our intimacy connections with others, especially our loved ones. We really appreciate you, appreciate you joining the show and uh, coming on and, and hanging with us. Yeah, thank you for those. Oh, jokes. I appreciate it. <laughs> I loved it. It was a good time. Thank you. We are at that time again. It is the coming to the end of our 273rd episode of Woke and Free. Okay, Yoda. Oh, no. That was was not a Yoda sound. I don't know what that disturbing noise was. That was was like a bird, I would say, like a blue jay. From a different dimension of hell? (laughs) (laughs) That's what you say about a blue jay. All right. I mean, blue jays speak a certain kind of intimacy with each other, so... Maybe that's Long what it would sound like. <laughs> <laughs> that could be what you're getting at. The language of the Blue Jays is different than what people would assume it is. Lies. No. Lies. Just, you Lies. understand it's different. This was quite the episode. Discussing <laughs> use of language and how it affects intimacy with Dr. LaShonda Green. Such an amazing guest. Such amazing conversation. We can't wait to hear your thoughts in the comments. Please, please, please put them in. No comment uh, should ever be ignored. Please, please, please share, share, share. Okay? Now, Should they comment on YouTube or not? 
Oh, that's a great point, actually. Yeah, we would love. And so that's maybe, yeah, we'd love to have that clarification. So when we say comment, we mean put it in the episode through the Podbean app. But also, yeah, like on social media, if you listen on our YouTube, we would love your comments on YouTube. We've definitely enjoyed some of the comments so far, and we'd like to see more. So great call out, Galil. Thank you. All right. That's good to know. What do folks need to do now? They know what they need to do. They know they need to come back next week for the new Woken Free Wednesday episode. They know they need to make sure they follow us on social media to follow along the conversation and make sure they tune in next week for Woken Free Wednesday (laughs) to make sure they join the conversation at (laughs) WokenFree.com. That was super direct. (laughs) I love it, though. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, what you need to do is go to WokenFree.com, go on our Contact Us page, and then that's where you can hit us up and share your story and why you feel your story needs to be shared with the Woken Free Nation. So looking forward to those submissions. In addition to that, said it earlier, say it again. We're very active on social. We'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts on all the platforms that you can see us at, which is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, and LinkedIn at Woken Free. And for all sponsorship or collaboration queries, same page, contact us page at WokenFree.com. That's W-O-K-E-N-F-R-E-E.com. If you didn't already subscribe, please do share the episode and make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Remember, Woken Free is more than a podcast. It is a way of life. Until next time.